Today is Tuesday, August 8th. The title for our devotional is A Big Problem. First of all, in our exploration of preaching and teaching, we see it all throughout the New Testament. Okay, Jesus preached in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5-7. through Peter preached at Pentecost in Acts 2. As Josh preached last week, the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, uh, which is exactly what we're doing by expositing scripture, is devoting ourselves to the teaching of the apostles. We see references to preaching and teaching throughout the epistles as well. 1 Corinthians 14, 15, 1, Romans 1, 15, etc. Uh, instead of going through a broad overview, which I know can be boring, but it's also helpful to see how pervasive it is, let's look at Paul's letters to his apprentice, Timothy. These letters are full of references to preaching and teaching and point to its necessity in faith formation and community worship. Paul sent Timothy to pastor the church in Ephesus that he planted on his missionary journeys. This proved to be a difficult task as there were a good deal of theological and behavioral issues at the church in Ephesus. So Paul wrote these letters as instruction and encouragement to Timothy. Today, let's get the negative stuff out of the way and talk about the problems Timothy was addressing in Ephesus, and then we will look at Paul's proposed solution tomorrow. Both letters seem to be referencing similar, if not the same, issues in the church. There were a number of people teaching false doctrines that distorted the teaching of the Old Testament and forbade people from marrying. 1 Timothy 1, 3-7, we read, As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer, or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. Moving on, a few chapters in 1 Timothy 4, 1-5, through 5, we read, remember, we're just kind of framing the problem that, Timothy, or that Paul is addressing with Timothy in this letter. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings can come through hypocritical liars, whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God in prayer. Then a couple chapters later in chapter 6 we read, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind, who have been robbed of the truth, and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Moving on to 2 Timothy then, the problems are similar, adding to it that the resurrection has already taken place. Again, we're not quite sure of the exact specifics of the heresy here, but Let's read on. For 2 Timothy 2, 14-19. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are uh, Hymenaeus and Philetus. I think I pronounced those right, who have departed from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place, and they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. 
The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In chapters 3 and 4, then, he speaks of a more general waywardness in the church. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. And then in verse 4, or chapter 4, verses 3 through 4. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. I took the time to read all of this so that we can see the big picture, the issues that Paul was addressing with Timothy at the church in Ephesus, but also so that we can see that the problems he was addressing in the first century carry many similarities to the problems that we face as a church today. The wrong ideas may be different, but they are equally wrong according to Scripture. The immoral behavior listed in 2 Timothy 3, 1-5 is the same in different packaging today. So, Paul's proposed solutions, then, are not only for a bygone era, but they are relevant for us today as well. These we will begin exploring tomorrow. For additional content, I've linked you to the Bible Project video of 1 Timothy, so you can get the background and the complete overview of 1 Timothy there. Tomorrow we'll see 2 Timothy. For reflection time today, how have you experienced similar problems in your church experience, similar to the ones that Paul has addressed here? You may need to go back and reread or re-listen to some of those passages, but just reflect on how you've experienced those similar things in our church culture today.